0: Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, Leader of the Heart. I want to welcome you to the Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Well, good morning, you guys. Thanks so much for being here today. My name is Dominic Insinius. I'm the leader at the Heart, and we... Um, we're going to get into the second part of our message series uh, that we started last week called Storytime. And what we did is we, take, we took a look at one of the stories that Jesus told as he was teaching and preaching around uh, when he was here on earth. And we kind of explored the idea that Jesus did quite a bit of storytelling. Rarely did he quote from scripture rarely was he telling people what to believe a lot of times he was telling people how to think how to think about the kingdom of heaven and so last week we looked at a story and you can go back and check that out on the podcast if you want to or i think it's on youtube and uh we looked at the story of the prodigal son right the son who went out and spent all his inheritance and then came back and tried to beg and grovel and instead of getting punished for coming back he was welcomed back and received a a party basically like a hero's welcome and the story the the story that was being told is that we are always welcome into God's arms into God's family into God's house whether we've been doing the right thing all along or have messed up and are looking for a way back and so today, I want to start with a story that we're going to be digging into a little bit later, but I want to just tell you this in the same way that Jesus would have told this. This is the story of the vineyard workers, or the workers in the field. So we're not going to, I'm not going to have you look at it up on the screen here uh, just at the moment. We're going to read this short story, and then we're going to kind of dig into it here in a bit. This is the story about the vineyard workers. It says, For the kingdom of heaven is like the landowner who went out early one morning to hire workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wage and sent them out to work. At 9 o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace and saw some people standing around doing nothing, so he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever's right at the end of the day. So they went to work in the vineyard, and at noon, and again at 3 o'clock, He did the same thing. At 5 o'clock that afternoon, he was in town again and saw some people standing around, and he asked them, why haven't you been working today? They replied, because no one hired us. The landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers in and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at 5 o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. When those hired first came to get their pay, they assumed they would receive more, but theirs, too, was a day's wage. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner, those who worked only one hour, those people only worked one hour, and yet you've paid them just as much as you paid us, that have worked all day in the scorching heat. And he answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? This is a story, one of the stories that Jesus was telling. This is recorded in the book of Matthew. So one of the stories Jesus was telling when he was in the middle of teaching people about what the kingdom of heaven is like. And so we were kind of exploring the idea, and it, it, it kind of says why Jesus would teach in stories there's one part of the bible where it mentions why he taught in stories but we wanted to explore that a little bit more why so many stories why wouldn't he carry around some version of the bible with him of the scriptures with him and tell people memorize these words you know read these words believe these words and do what these words say Why were there so many of Jesus' teachings that, that were crafted in the shape of a story that seemed to have a lesson at the end and several different people coming from several different walks of life would have several different takes on what that story could mean to them? Why would Jesus leave any kind of ambiguity in a story if he was trying to teach us something? Today I want to talk a little bit about what it means to be fair. Anybody grow up with siblings? Any kind of sibling? Okay, a few only children, okay. If you grew up with siblings, you probably have heard the phrase, it's not fair. Maybe you didn't grow up with siblings, but you've seen people that have kids, and there's two kids, and if I'm going to, you know, give a gift to one kid, it's got to be the same gift to the other kid, because we got to be fair, got to be fair. Now I was growing up, I was growing up with my little brother, we were close, we were close, Thick as thieves. And I always wanted everything to be fair, unless I was getting a little bit more, and then it was deserved. Obviously, I am the oldest, the eldest son. Haven't you read the Bible before? <laughs> I wanted everything to be fair, unless, unless I was getting a little bit more. There's so one time I was uh, hanging out with the. My, uh, we were we were at McDonald's. That's how long ago this was. We were at McDonald's. We were kids. And then my, we were sharing, me and my cousin were sharing fries. And he wasn't eating more fries than me. <laughs> a lot of my childhood stories have something to do with fries. I should unpack that in counseling. Um, he wasn't eating more fries than me, but this is how he was eating his fries. You ever seen this? He, he would, you know, got this ketchup. You know, people have their process with their ketchup. You know who you are. And he gets his ketchup going. And then we get, we're sharing the large fry. And he would get a fry, dip it bite, dip it, bite, dip it, bite, that fast, okay? And my mind is telling me, it was the same fry, my mind's telling me he's gonna eat more fries than me, and this this aggression will not stand, okay? There needs to be, this is not fair. So I find myself, I'm grabbing four, five, six fries at a time, and I'm not even dipping. I'm swiping. You have been so hungry with, you know, you're just swiping the ketchup? So I'm not even dipping. I'm swiping. And by the time it's all said and done, I probably had four-fifths of that French fry box because I, I wanted it to be fair. Now, outside of being a kid, outside of wanting to have the same toy or have the same amount of money for Christmas or whatever it is, there's something about us that connects to something being fair, right? There's something about us that connects to something being, well, this person deserved this or this person didn't deserve it. You ever worked somewhere and somebody got promoted and you're like, yeah, right, What what did they do? Who do they know? They're not qualified. They're not as qualified as I am for that position. They're not as qualified as I am for that amount of money. They're not as qualified as maybe not yourself. Maybe you're not that kind of person. Maybe that, again, something I need to work out in counseling. Maybe they're not as qualified as these other people around here. What What makes it that they got that job? That doesn't seem fair. They've only been working here for a short amount of time. It doesn't seem fair. That they have that job? I don't know if they deserved that job. I don't know if they deserved that position. There's this uh, meme slash joke slash whatever where people like to make fun of old other people that they work for that can't do the things that they can do, okay? They, get, they, they make fun of older people uh, not knowing how to, to use technology, yet they're running companies and businesses. You know what I'm talking about? Anybody? Even if one person knows, just throw me a lifeline. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Matt. We think that if people can't do what we can do, if they can't, if they don't know all the parts of the business that we know, but they're over us, they're our boss, they're our leader, that somehow is not fair. If I know how to create a PDF, but my boss's boss's boss, who's running the company, doesn't know how to create a PDF, I feel like, Well, that's not fair. That doesn't seem right as if creating a PDF is what it takes to run a company. (laughs) I hired you to create the PDFs. You know what I'm saying? But we want something to be deserved, we want something to be fair. And it's the, this idea of fairness that I want to explore in this story. Because as you are hearing this story, maybe you are hearing this story today for the first time. Maybe you're hearing this story for the first time of the workers in the vineyard, the workers out in the field. Can you imagine if you – well, first of all, let's imagine that we were the people that got hired at 5 o'clock. We've been, you know, we've been binging our Netflix shows all day, and we forgot we were supposed to pick up dinner, so we run out to the marketplace, and it's 5 o'clock, and somebody says, hey, why haven't you been working? And we're like, it's none of your business. Don't tell my wife. He's like, well, do you want a job for the day? We'll say, yeah, I guess. And so, he, he you know, we're, we're, we're out in the field. We get hired at 5 o'clock, the day's over at 6 or whatever it is, and we get a full day's wage. We're like, that man, this is, this owner has got it going on. Catch me tomorrow at 5 o'clock. You imagine being that person, like, this is, this is the greatest day. This is the greatest day to work. What's a full day's wage? 120 $100, whatever it is. You work an hour and you get that much. Now imagine you're the person that, started at three o'clock like man a full day's wage three o'clock that's pretty good you were there at noon now let's imagine we're the people that got hired first thing in the morning and we're watching all these people getting paid look at this 100 bucks 100 bucks come on man we've been here way longer than they have i know something's going to be good i know there's going to be more put your hand out you're winking at your friends behind you watch this 100 bucks What do you mean a hundred bucks? What do you mean the same thing? It's so funny because these are the people, it's interesting, I like the language that's used because these are the people that said, I agree to work a day for a day's wage. When they got hired in the morning, they wanted a job, they wanted to work and they say, I agree to do this, let's do it. Point me to the vineyard, let's make some wine. But now, They get to the pay, and they see that they didn't get the same treatment as others, in their opinion. Because even though they agreed for a day's wage, even though they said, here's what I will do in exchange for this, now it doesn't seem fair. It seemed very fair when they started the day. A day's wage for a day's work seemed very fair to them until, until what? They compared it with the people ahead of them. Everything seemed fair until they started comparing it to what they didn't have. I wonder where in our life, in our relationships, in our jobs, at home with our families, where are we comparing what we don't have with what what others have? Where are we comparing with what we want and desire to what others already have and hold? Now, I want to dig into the Scripture a little bit, this piece, this verse here. So I want to reread verses 11 through 15, and we'll put them up on the screen here for you. Verse 11 picks up with this. Watch this. When they received their pay, they protested to the owner. Watch. Everything was fair in the morning. They're working along. They're doing their thing. They're crushing grapes or I don't know, whatever they're doing. They're doing their thing. And now, all of a sudden, because they're comparing, it's not fair. And watch the language they use. Those people, they worked only an hour. And yet you've paid them just as much as you've paid us, who've worked all day in the scorching heat. It's been so hot. You know what I mean? Take it easy. Is this me? Am I the drama? (laughs) Yes, I am. That's some dramatic language to use when you agreed to work and you knew it was the middle of August in Jerusalem or wherever this is. Let's keep going. He answered one of them, friend, I haven't been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? This is something you already agreed to. Take your money and go, I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. Watch what the owner says. Is it against the law for me to do what I want with my money? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? If I'm being honest with myself, I am sometimes jealous that what I consider to be good things happen to people if I want them to happen to me. But see, when it comes to things, and I won't put this on you, maybe this is just on me, this is where I'm swimming in my own thoughts here. But something that is good and something that is bad is purely subjective. Right? We only see something as good You ever have a, okay, okay, follow me here. You have a bad day. Bad day at work. Work was crazy, slammed, busy. You're on call after call. I'm describing my wife's every day. (laughs) You're on calls all the time. You're exhausted. You forget to eat lunch. That's a real thing my wife says. I forgot to eat today. Can any of you imagine? I cannot. I forgot to eat lunch today. And she gets home. She's like, I, it, this was the worst day. It was, the, it was just the worst day. And I say, well, yeah, it was a bad day. I don't do this because, and guys, just don't say what I'm about to say, okay? I say, yeah, it was a tough day, but we got this great house, and we got all these great friends, and we got people that support us and love us. And then maybe that can change a perspective. It could, she, she can maybe say like, yeah, you know what, you're right. Maybe things aren't so bad. Just so you know, in this uh, fictional scenario, none of that is said because when someone has a bad day, they don't want to hear your happy perspective, okay? Okay. My point is, is that she's not saying she's had the worst day ever. What she's saying is relative to how she wanted her day to go. You see this? Because somebody else could say, man, I would kill to have a rough day at work because I've been looking for a job that will pay me more than $10 an hour for the past two years. I would love to be stressed at a job that paid me more than minimum wage. So for something, some of of us, something happens that's a bad thing for us that day. For somebody else, man, that's a really good thing. So if what happens good and bad to us is subjective, how are we to know what's fair and unfair? And I think part of the secret lies is something becomes unfair when we compare it to what we don't have. I feel like I have all the tools I need until I go visit my dad's house. I'm like, I have no tools at all. And I go, I go home. I tell my wife, Hey, we need to, we need to up our craftsman game. Okay? I can't have my dad showing up and there's no tools in this garage. Right? I start comparing. I go upstairs and I see that my son has more Vans shoes than me. This will not stand. Okay? I was fine with the van shoes I had, and now I'm not. Why? because I'm comparing to something I don't have. Before, I wasn't worried about what was fair and unfair because I was focusing on me, on what I'm doing. As soon as I start focusing on what somebody else has or doesn't have, then I'm like, well, hold on, I don't know if this is fair. I don't know if it's fair that this person got this job when I wanted it too. I don't know if it, it's fair to me that this person got a bigger stimulus check than I did. I don't know if that's fair doesn't seem fair to me. And It's interesting. At the end of this story, there's not a long explanation of Jesus saying, okay, now that I've told this story, I would love to walk you through, I would love to walk everyone here through what it means, and I'm happy to take any questions. <laughs> that never happens. <laughs> there's never a Q&A after one of Jesus' messages or sermons or stories. I think another brilliant angle of this is, let's say you're here listening to this story. Has anyone ever worked in a vineyard? Put your hand up if you've ever worked in a vineyard. Okay, okay. This is our wine guy here. We got one person who's worked in a vineyard. Has anyone ever worked on a farm for a day? Okay, One more hand, two more hands. Three okay, okay. Has everyone ever has anyone ever worked outside for a full day? Okay, okay. <laughs> Robert's like, yeah, that still counts. <laughs> One of those indoor vineyards, I knew it. <laughs> I can't even I can't even remember where I was going with that. I got caught up on cabs and Anyway. (laughs) Oh, okay, okay, okay. And I'm back. We'll just cut that out. End scene. Who do you think he was talking to that could relate to what he was saying? He's talking about people who were working for a day's wage. People who are out looking for a job for that day. We would call them day laborers. Do you think the people that were in front of him listening to this story, do you think Jesus chooses to tell this story, is he talking to kings and queens? Probably not. Is he talking to the nobility of the time? Probably not. Is he talking to business owners? Maybe. Probably not. I would imagine that the audience for this story, this is what's so brilliant about stories in general, and why we want to explore the whole idea of story time. What's brilliant about this story is that he crafts it for who is listening. He crafts it for who is listening. That's what makes stories interesting, that's what makes stories matter. So I would imagine, I don't know, I wasn't there. I'm not trying to pretend like I know, but I would imagine that the people in front of him were day laborers. They were at least people who would get the idea of working for less time and getting paid the same. They were people who would get the idea of working for longer than the person next to them and it being unfair that they got paid more. It's what I do here on Sundays. On Sundays, I craft these stories that I tell for you. If I was in front of a thousand, like, Christians who have been Christian their whole life, I don't know if that would be a lot of fun for me. I don't know if it'd be a lot of fun for them. There's something that we do. There's something that we we do when we're telling a story. You change the way you tell a story depending on who is in front of you. That's the brilliance and the power of a story. So when it comes to this, something I, I see in this story is if you think that life is not fair, you're right. It's not. None of it is, ever. Ever. People who do bad things have good things happen to them. People who do good things and are upright and just have bad things happen to them, and that's the way it is. But what we're seeing in this story is that life isn't fair, but in the best kind of way that you could ever hope for. See, life might not be fair, but you know know what else is not fair? Your faith. You know what else is not fair? God's love. Can you imagine if God's love was waiting on you to deserve it? Can you imagine if God's hope was waiting on me to deserve to have hope? Can you imagine if your faith was dependent until uh, until you finally got your act together? Until you finally got it together. No, God's love, God's hope, God's faith is not fair. It is undeserved. It is a gift freely given. And when we see that God's love is a gift that he has given for us, here, if you're taking notes, write this down. When you see that God's love isn't earned by us, when we see that it's not earned by what we do, by what we say, by how long we've been working in the vineyard, When we see that God's love isn't earned, it empowers us to offer love freely to others. It empowers us to offer the love that we have been given to others. But the only way we can do that is if we are comfortable with love being unfair. Now, I'm not talking about, I mean, sometimes you got to, you know, take the video games away from the kids. I get it, okay. Sometimes you got to do that, even if it's not fair. But it's not about being fair. It is about offering. See, here's how this owner wasn't fair. This owner of this vineyard wasn't fair because what he said was, I want to do what I want with my money. Should you be jealous because I am kind to others? That's what I want to challenge you with today to be unfair in the best kinds of ways. To challenge yourself to be unfair. Don't wait for someone to deserve your kindness. Don't wait for someone to deserve your love. Don't wait for someone to deserve your affection. Don't wait for someone to deserve your heart. And the reason I want to challenge you with that is because God did not wait for us to deserve love. I don't know if anything can ever, I don't know if we can do, uh, ever do anything enough to deserve anything. That's why this love that we are empowered with is gifted and we are empowered to gift it as well. Last thing I want you to write down if you're taking notes is this. Jesus, Jesus told stories Jesus told stories about normal life because he was talking to normal people. See, what's interesting about the Bible, about scriptures, is a lot of it is very overwhelming, a lot of it is very difficult to understand. A lot of the Bible, you need to understand the context and the history and the references of what they're talking about to really get a grasp on what is happening here. But there are some stories that can really stand the test of time. Because if I rewrote this story of the workers in the vineyard, and I called it the low-level employees at your corporation, it would probably make the same amount of sense. If I, said, if I said instead of workers in the field and workers at the marketplace, I would say hey, there was a, a construction company that would go to Home Depot and was looking for people hanging around Home Depot to see if they needed a job for the day. That is still happening today. You're telling me 2,000 years, nothing has changed? You're telling me 2,000 years, we're still the same? Yes, that is what I'm telling you. And I think that is absolutely beautiful. I think it is beautiful to be able to go back and read through the way that Jesus was was speaking to the people in front of him. And it can be fast-forwarded 2,000 years, and we can learn the same things. It doesn't mean we haven't grown as people. It means humanity is humanity, and that's why Jesus still matters. That's why these stories still matter today. Why love, kindness, affection, and hope still matter today. Love and affection and hope, they are not things of the past. Faith in God and faith in what Jesus has done is not something that ancient people did. It is something that can be active in our life today. So, before you leave today, I want to challenge you this week to be unfair in kindness to someone, to be unfair in love to someone, to be unfair with someone and giving them more attention than they deserve, giving them more love. Than they deserve giving them more hope than they have earned in your relationship if you could i want you to bow your eye, uh bow your heads by your eyes too if you want bow your heads close your eyes and we're going to pray together god we're so grateful to be able to have you to be able to have the ability to hope to love to be kind God, you have empowered us with kindness, empowered us with love. I pray that we could be just a little bit like the business owner in this story, like the vineyard owner in this story, and we would offer our kindness, offer our love freely to others, that we would be unfair. God, give us the boldness that we need to step into that. We love you, and we pray that in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, our mission and goal is to connect people to the heart of God. If you would like to pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ, please visit us at www.theheart.church for more information. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who might benefit from it. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we'd like to invite you to visit us this Sunday morning, where we have two experiences for you to choose from at 9.30 and 11 a.m., all happening at the Spot Cinema House and Eatery. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how our relationships grow and how your faith grows.